Welcome to the National 5 RMPS podcast here at Stuart's Millville College with me, Mrs Creighton. And me, Mr Rylands. So today we're here to talk about Alumhabar, which is a bit of a funny one as this means multiple things in Judaism. Alumhabar translates as the world to come in Hebrew. Contrasted with Alumhazar, which means this world. So isn't Alumhabar simply the afterlife, like heaven or hell? Well, not necessarily. Traditional Judaism does firmly believe that death is not the end of human existence. However, because Judaism is primarily focused on life here and now, rather on the afterlife, Judaism does not have much dogma about the afterlife, and this leaves a great deal of room for personal opinion. Dogma? Dogma means a principle or set of principles laid down by an authority as incontrovertibly true. If there's no dogma, it means there's not a definitive teaching on the topic. Okay, so this means it is possible for Jews to believe that Alam Habar refers to a heaven or hell, but it's also possible to believe that it refers to the messianic age, as that has nothing to do with the afterlife at all. It could be a world for the living, not for the dead. I can see how this lack of clarity could have come about. The Torah emphasises immediate, concrete, physical rewards and punishments rather than abstract things in the future. Precisely. Think about when God got salty with Lot's wife. (laughs) There was no coming back from that one. But you could also argue against this because the Torah does indicate in several places that the righteous will be reunited with their loved ones after death, while the wicked will be excluded from this reunion. The Mishnah. Sorry, what's that again? Oh, sorry. Um, The Mishnah is the first major written collection of the Jewish oral traditions. It's the basis for the Talmud. The what? The Talmud, the primary source for Halakha. And before you ask, Halakha means Jewish religious law. So what does the Mishnah say about this? In the Mishnah, one rabbi says, This world is like a lobby before the Alom Habar. Prepare yourself in the lobby so that you may enter the banquet hall. Which does seem to imply that it's some kind of reward, or something only some people get to go to. Absolutely. In fact, the Talmud states that all Israel has a share in the Alom Habar. However, not all shares are equal. A particularly righteous person will have a greater share in the Alom Habar than the average person. In addition, a person can lose his share through wicked actions. There are many statements in the Talmud that a particular mitzvah will guarantee a person in the Alam Habar, or that a particular sin will lose a person's share in the Alam Habar. But these are generally regarded as hyperbole, excessive expressions of approval or disapproval. But some people look at these teachings and deduce that Jews try to earn their way into heaven by performing the mitzvot, but this is a gross mischaracterization of the religion. Absolutely. Judaism is not focused on the question of how to get into heaven. Judaism is focused on life and how to live it. Hence, sin against humanity is considered worse than sin against God. I'm sure we've talked about this before as well. The mitzvot are not observed out of a sense of superiority or a desire to get something in return, but because they are a duty, a responsibility as a result of being God's chosen people. Exactly and why they can be considered as a light to the nations. So what on earth would you write in an exam for a question like, what do Jews mean by Alom Habar? Well, 
The, the words, what do Jews mean, indicate that this is a knowledge and understanding question, so we're looking for facts. Yes, but we've just said there are no clear facts on this topic. If there's no definitive teaching on this, what do you say? Well, whilst you could view that as irritating, <laughs> it's also a blessing, because you can point out that there's a diversity of opinion and describe them all. So you'd start off by saying that Alom Habar is the world to come as opposed to Alom Hazar, the world now, but there's different ideas on what this is because there isn't specific teaching in the Torah. Exactly, that gets a mark. And then you could say some view it as a physical afterlife and some believe it's a spiritual afterlife, while others believe it refers to the return of the Messiah or the arrival of the Messianic Age. Okay, so for those who do believe that it's a physical afterlife, what do they think it will be like? Well, those who believe in a physical existence because of the righteous, the good people, will get to go to a place called Gan Eden, or in other words, paradise. And for those who have not obeyed the covenant and followed the mitzvot, they go to Gehinnom. Okay, what about a spiritual afterlife? What kind of spirits are we talking about? Vodka? Gen? <laughs> no, not spirits, spiritual. We're talking about the soul. Ah, uh, okay, so for the righteous, their soul will be near to God, whereas sinners will have their soul destroyed. They will cease to exist entirely. I'm not sure if that's comforting or utterly terrifying, the concept of non-existence. I guess you wouldn't be aware of it, though. But at the same time, I think we all like to think that we will live on in some way or another. But what about those who don't think it's an afterlife? but just the coming of the Messiah. I think you'll find there's a whole separate podcast on that. <laughs> Messiah is actually a separate mandatory bullet point at National 5, although admittedly there is a lot of overlap. Okay, so what do you do if you have a question that said, explain beliefs about Alam Habar, not describe? Well, explain indicates they're looking for a little bit more than just the facts. They want there to be links or implications. In the Judaism paper for the last few years, they've also really liked to ask how these beliefs like Alam Habar affect Jews as well. Essentially asking how they would change their lives or motivate people to behave. The explain questions tend to have an extra caveat, like explain how or explain why or perhaps the importance. Okay, so for this topic, I could see a question like explain why Jewish beliefs about Alam Habar differ. But could we do that in six steps? Absolutely. I think we've probably answered this already. Cool. OK, well, let's kick off with a phrase like beliefs about Alom Habar differ as a consequence of many things. That saves me a bit of time and ensure I'm on the right path. And then you could go for a classic, firstly. <laughs> there is little teaching about life, about death in the Torah. So beliefs have developed over the centuries, leading to understandable differences. Secondly... Well, secondly, some scholars claim that because the idea didn't arise until later in Jewish history, it means it doesn't actually exist. I think I'd sneak an extension mark there and say that thirdly, this view is supported by the Torah, including many accounts of immediate reward and punishment, like bear-eating boys or floods in Noah's time. <laughs> so uh, we're on fourthly? Yes, and I could see all of this could be rounded off nicely by saying that there's 
um, that is for these reasons many people actually see it's the coming of the Messiah and nothing to do with life after death. Ah, okay. You could then explain that others say there is clear evidence in the Torah as there are passages about being reunited with loved ones in death. So we must be on at least six marks now. Well, if I had time though, I'd want to include that the Tanakh also speaks of the worlds to come. For example, Daniel 12.2 says, Multitude who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. This leads to people believing in paradise, Gan Eden, and a place for the average, Gehinom. It's a bit show-offy. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with making the examiner think I've been hanging out in a minion. Okay, but what if the question isn't explained but asks for effect? Oh yeah, that, that is trickier. Because you need to get into the headspace of imagining that you do believe these things and how it would make you feel or how you would behave as a consequence. Yeah, it is about being empathetic, but also applying the knowledge that you have from other parts of the course. So if you believe that there is a world to come, whether that's physical or spiritual, you would feel hopeful and would follow the mitzvot to be sure you're in a good place. But at the same time, because there is a lot of ideas about what alam haba is, you could feel lost or uncertain and give up following the mitzvot. Yes, but... Overall, given that all the options for the righteous are pretty positive, I'd say it really is motivation to live righteously. Yeah, motivation to study the Tanakh, the Mishnah and the Talmud in an effort to understand more. But you could also live in fear that your soul would be destroyed. Okay, Mr Positive today, aren't we? (laughs) But we wouldn't have to fear anything if you follow the mitzvot because you know they're from a loving God who wants the best for you. You could also feel satisfied that justice will be carried out, that wickedness doesn't go unnoticed in the long run. And if you did view Alam Habar as the Messianic Age, you could also be motivated to move to Israel, to try and work with other Jews to bring about peace. That's a sign that the Messianic Age has come. Yeah, precisely. You could be very affected by this and live looking for signs and working to bring events like this about. Do you think you'd ever get an evaluation question on this? Well, technically you could. They can ask you an evaluation question on anything that's in the mandatory content. It hasn't come up yet, but that doesn't mean it won't. So evaluation questions are the ones where you get a statement and you're asked whether you agree or not. Yes, but it's not just a case of positives and negatives. Like one year they asked if you have to worship in a group to be Jewish. And a question that's appeared a few times is whether you can be expected to live according to the Torah or follow the covenant in the 21st century. So perhaps we could try something like Jewish beliefs about Alam Habar are too confusing. Or beliefs about Alam Habar give Jewish people hope for the future. Well, I think we've probably talked enough for today, so I would just encourage our listeners to go try some past paper questions. (laughs) So for now, we bid you Shalom. Shalom!